0: Welcome back to another edition of Prep Rally, the podcast. I'm Chip Souza, and I'm joined today by Rick Fires and Paul Boyd. We're going to talk a little high school football, going to talk a little high school volleyball. Mainly, we're just going to talk, Ricky. We, do, we just do a whole lot of talking. And uh, we've got a couple of guests coming in today. The first guest we're going to have is a very uh, – Ricky, he, he, he's huge in, in football coaching around here. And uh, he – you know, Danny Absher over at Prairie Grove – uh, Rick, they just well, don't get it. you know his name, don't you? Like At, Mr.
1: 200 and Mr. counting.
0: That's Mr. 200. You know what, though? I was thinking about this the other day, Paul, because I know you've seen this movie, Mr. 3000, yep. with uh, Bernie Mac. Yes, sir. In which he thought he had his 3,000 <laughs> hits so and yeah. went back and looked. Oops. So I wonder if we need to go back and investigate Coach Absher, you know, just make sure he's got that 200.
1: No, no. Hey, it's on the books. I I, I looked at uh, Prairie Grove uh, old magazine from 1908. It's there, right there. I think he's
0: good. Well, we got Coach Absher here with us, and Rick, I'm going to let you take it away and interview Coach Absher
1: right here. Mr. 200 and counting. Uh, first of all, I, I know you like to downplay it, but it's for all the kids and everything. But uh, uh, what's uh It's got to be a great feeling for you to get 200 career wins, especially against Farmington, your rival, which has won the which won the previous two games. So, what were your thoughts on getting that win for not only yourself for your kids? Well, that's that's uh,
2: more than anything. It made them, you know, so happy. They wanted that for me. And it's, honestly, it's, a, it's another game for me. Uh, it's another rivalry game for me. And uh, these kids are like, hey, Coach, we get to 200 for you. And after the game, there were so many of them saying congratulations, to us, Coach, and uh, and 200 for you. And I'm like, all right, so if it's special for you, it'll be special for me.
1: Hey, now, uh, I've seen Farmington. I saw them uh, the last couple of years when they played. What did you guys do particularly well in this game, especially on they got some athletes, that wide receiver, Donovan, uh, the tremendous athlete so what after you got through watching the film what aspect of your play you most particularly uh, pleased with the most
2: pleased i am with is the overall style of play i felt like we played hard we haven't done that style of play in a while and so just playing hard makes a huge difference and our kids did that our players i'm really proud of pleased with them they played well
1: Hey, Danny, I always enjoy your teams. I call it uh, hard-nosed country boy football. And, you know, you said you're going to go out and get some uh, fertilizer. I don't know if that's for your cows or that manicured uh, uh, field that you, you're so proud of. But uh, what, what, what do you most enjoy about the wing tee? You see a lot of these go- uh, teams going to spread, no huddle, going up and down 100 miles an hour. Uh, what do you like about the wing tee, and what has to happen for that formation to be effective? <laughs>
2: Well, the, the main thing is that's the only thing Tommy Tice taught me how to run. That's the only thing I know. It's, it's been wing tee or, or bone my entire life. So, you know, with Tommy Tice being my mentor and he, him kind of teaching me what to do, uh, that's it. That's what I know, and that's one reason we don't throw it any more than we did. And I kind of figured, well, it's about time we start throwing a little bit more and, and uh, you know, make uh, – make, make ourselves happy with uh, a a little aspect of the wing tee. Sometimes, you know, you run out of time. Sometimes it's just not enough chunks of yardage in certain games. And so we're going to try to add an aspect to that.
0: Hey, Danny. Hey, this is Chip Souza. I want to know which are you most proud of getting the 200 wins for your career or that beautiful, green, lush turf that you take care of there at Tiger Stadium?
2: Well, I gotta say, it makes a lot of people happy both ways. I get lots of compliments on that grass. But uh, you know, I was sitting in the press box over at Farmington in the Junior High game, uh, and looking out over that view and the mountains and the church steeple over there, it may be the most beautiful view that I've set in a stadium in Arkansas. They've got a lush turf out there. You can see in their in their uh, uh, workout indoor workout. It's a beautiful setting. So. We're just
1: trying to trying to keep over the Joneses. <laughs> hey Danny, I've uh um uh, middle of the summer for years I've driven by there. You know, I've got the mosquitoes bother me, it's hot and then I drive by there and I see you on that tractor with that beautiful manicured field. I said, "Uh-oh, it's getting near football season. Danny, Danny's at work. <laughs> how, how many hours you spend on that thing a week?"
2: Well, uh, probably I, I, a week I mow it every other day,
1: all
0: summer
2: long. <laughs> okay. You go. Yeah. There you go. And and sometimes I mow it, uh, you know, I have to depending on the weather is what it is. So and, and our mower's not doing as well. We're not as pleased with it this year as what we should have been. But uh I think our mower's off
1: just a little we need to get flatter. Well you know, you got two hundred crew wind. Seems like the good citizens of Prairie Grove could pitch in and buy you a new mower. Yeah, well, this one's pretty new.
2: we are taking care of it
1: well. We don't have to mow the practice field with it, which is
2: bumpy as all get out. Hey, so okay, it's, uh, it's good to take care of.
1: Hey, great win! Um, uh, Farmington already had a head start on you when they beat Rogers Heritage, but you guys beat them at home. But you can't rest on your laurels. You got P Ridge coming up. What What's your um, thoughts on P Ridge? as you go for two hundred one? Oh
2: man, it's uh, you know P Ridge moving up a class. And, uh, and rightfully so, they've always been heavy-duty competition and running for the title in our league. Uh, just uh, now that they're 5A, uh, you know, it's, it speaks to reason that they've got, you know, more on the team, more, more kids to choose from. You know, Ty has told me the big difference is that in a 7A game and a 2A game, it's the speed of the game. And that, that stands to reason you got more faster kids on the field, the, the game plays faster.
0: Well, Danny, we appreciate you being on with us today. We know that you got to work on some handoffs and things out of, out of the wing tee and all that deception and things like that this week to get ready for those old Blackhawks coming in Friday. Thanks for joining us. And, man, congratulations on that big milestone. Um, you know, I've never done 200 of anything, so to, to get 200 <laughs> wins is fantastic. Well, thanks, Chip and Rick. Appreciate you having me. We appreciate it. That was Coach Danny Absher, the football coach at Prairie Grove, who reached a career milestone last week with win number 200. All in like, at Prairie Grove. All at Prairie Grove. Yeah. And, Rick, it came, number one, a couple of positive things. It came against Farmington. Yeah. Now, although Danny graduated from Farmington, he – He likes to stick it
1: to him. He kind of does. He, yeah. he
0: bleeds that black and gold, so, so good for him. And number two, uh, Ricky – they won it in a style that Danny Absher loves. They absolutely ground Farmington down right, on yep. defense, held them to under 100 yards. That is typical blue-collar, Prairie Grove, slobber-knocker football, and you know
1: Absher loved that. How many games do we see now that the team is trailing 7-6 to six and then come back and win 2 defense and two fourth-quarter scores. That's exactly what they did to win this game. Exactly, exactly. You know what, and something else too, Rick, this could signal kind of a
0: uh, a turnaround sort of a season for Prairie Grove, which is kind of coming off of a, an uncharacteristic season for yep. them. And, uh, you know, it, those, those Tigers are, are known for, you know, smacking you upside the head. I think they might not have done that a lot last year. Maybe they kind of, you know, regressed a little bit. But you could tell after winning Friday night's game, maybe this is going to be – the return to Prairie Grove football, like what we're used to seeing.
1: I like seeing that, especially as reporters. We're on deadlines when uh, you know uh, some teams throw the ball 85 games. If I'm watching TV, maybe I would like that. But man, I, I still like me some good old country boy football. Exactly what Danny uh, Abtru preaches over there. And
0: see something else he mentioned too, Rick. He talked about the wing ting and the wing tee and the bone. Now he's talking about the wishbone, an offense that I dearly love. Texas. Any football, any sports writer who covers football games loves the wishbone because if they throw the ball more than seven or eight times in a game, it's rare, and That's that right. clock is running, and they're pounding you and smack, smacking you in the mouth every single play.
1: Now, did they throw up more than seven or eight times when they beat Arkansas in that 69 game? Probably not. With that one long pass. That might have been Might have been it. That yep, might have been yep. it.
0: If If you went to Texas or A&M or whatever back in those days and you were a receiver – you, you know, you you were a blocker. But, I mean block you might safety. have worn
1: eighty number, but you're gonna block is I know exactly gonna. what hey, go down and block to safety. Exactly. Go down and block to safety. I remember Brewster and Worcester and all those guys. Uh, yeah. I loved watching the bone back in
0: the Earl Campbell. Well I um, covered a team um down in Texas in the in the late eighties that ran the wishbone, you know, with the fullback basically one yard behind the quarterback and then the two halfbacks behind him. And uh, they just they had all uh had three had three backs that gained a thousand yards on that team. Wow! In that one year, and and uh, the games were fast, and they were you know a physical team, and and they would usually dress in white, all white, white pants, white jerseys, white helmet, what makes you look a whole lot bigger than you are. And uh, they were like Prairie Grove, a lot like Prairie Grove. They were just Bill Country Boys, Rick that that jumped off the tractor,
1: played a little football, then jumped right back on that tractor again. They were tough. Yeah, see, so I got work to do. I got things to do. I got Kyle's to, You know, I, I still like it. You know, the Gus Malzahn, that was fun, too. But, man, it's kind of fun to go back and see how football was originally played. I like that style as well. I do, too. Well, we're going to take a little break right here, and when we come back, we're going
0: to be joined by Natalie Throneberry, the volleyball coach at Fort Smith Southside, who they've jumped into the 6A West this year. and Rick, they're just being bullies. They're bullying everybody. They're just absolutely bullying everybody and smack it, slapping them around, Paul. Hey, we, but we got a big one coming up we tomorrow. Do. A
3: big one, Fayetteville, Southside. Big a early season showdown. That's so it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Well, we're going to talk to Natalie when we come back. You're listening to Prep Rally, the podcast. That's a capital V and a capital pod on that podcast. We'll be <laughs> right back. And we are back with Prep Rally, the podcast. This is Chip Souza, and I'm joined by Rick Fires and Paul Boyd. Paul is our resident genius authority. He is, he is Mr. Bump Set Spike over here. Well, and compared
1: to us, he's a genius, but still, well that, that, Rick, low that,
0: bar. That bar is not real high, is no. it? No. So we have got Natalie Thronberry with us right now. She is the volleyball coach at Fort Smith Southside, and they are absolutely setting the world on fire in the 6A West, but they got a big one that's coming up this week. So, Natalie, Thanks for joining us.
4: Absolutely, guys. Happy to be here.
3: Hey, uh, Natalie, uh, looking forward to tomorrow. Going to going to come up and play Fayetteville. But uh, kind of tell us thus far, yeah, your team's playing pretty well right now. Uh, you feel like you, you had a big one uh, a week or so ago at Greenwood. Tough match that you lost in five sets. What do you feel like your team learned from that?
4: Man, you know, we, we talk a lot about the difference in wins and losses and that a lot of times wins are fantastic but you learn a lot more when you take one on the chin and Greenwood is such a talented team I mean I think they played outstanding um, it's hard to feel like you lost that one I feel like if we had 10 more points we might have been able to do something but our team went back to the drawing boards uh, we made a few adjustments we had had an injury just prior to that match um, where sophomore Tinsley. Freeman was able to step in at Libero for us, and I think she did a great job, and we worked on a few little communication glitches that we had. So I'm I'm happy with the work they put in in the last week.
3: Good deal. Uh, Looking like uh, it's going to be a tough, tough battle in the 6A West. Uh, You know, I'm seeing Fort Smith Southside. I see Fayetteville. I see Harbor, Bentonville. Uh, Just going to be a fun, fun ride for the next few weeks, right?
4: Absolutely. Every night's a slugfest up there. (laughs)
3: <laughs> what do you feel like are strengths for your team? I mean, you I know you return quite a few, few kids who saw action, who have been in the finals the last couple of years. What, what do you feel like are, are strengths for this team?
4: You know, we're, we're led by just a phenomenal setter. I think Hannah does a great job uh, leadership-wise. She runs a very balanced offense. She really knows how to get the best out of her hitters on the floor. I think that's a huge strength for us. Um, the defensive coverage from her on the back row is insane. She's, she's just fun to watch, fun to be a part of. And I think our pin hitters right now in Avery Fitzgerald and Tori Tiffey have really just matured every year. And, and they're really settling into you know their roles as leaders on the offense. So I'm excited to, to see them continue to develop this season.
0: Natalie, coming in and replacing a coach like Steve Hauser who had such tremendous success there at Southside and a lot of that success with you either playing for him or being on the bench as assistant coach with him, how have you kind of felt like you have put your own stamp on the program?
4: Coach Hauser taught me so much about how to manage a team. And a lot of what he did that I respected so much was learning when to just get out of the girl's way and let them play. So I, in a lot of ways I've tried to follow his footsteps there and, you know, support the girls and, you know, run high quality practices, but also to know when to get out of their way and just let them play. Um, But it's it's been really neat to kind of find out how uh, Coach Northington and I, you know, want to run things just with all the changes that we have coming to Southside, it's Everything's looking and feeling a little differently. I'm parked outside of our uh, Fort Smith Juniors volleyball building right now where we're practicing until our gyms are ready. So we're just, every year is going to be a learning experience and we just roll with the punches. Mm-hmm.
3: Natalie, uh, one thing I was going to say you, you talked about Avery Fitzgerald. Uh, she's committed to Mississippi State. Hannah Hogue, your setter, committed to Arkansas, a couple of SEC uh, schools. Uh, you feel like that uh, the leadership that they're able to give to your team, you feel like you you have your team going in a good direction right now, you know, as we're headed, we've kind of got started in conference play?
4: Absolutely. That's that's something that these girls, we, we spend a lot of time just talking about what we can do as a team to get better on the mental side of volleyball, and we we talk a lot about, about the value roles uh, that everybody has coming into this year, and I think that Hannah and Avery especially they're looked to for their talent but they're also looked to for their leadership style and I think we've been able to put more on their shoulders as the years have gone on and they have responded very very well they take a lot of pride in this program and they want everybody to meet those those uh, standards and expectations and I think that's been a big difference maker this year they've really taken on that senior leadership role
1: and, Natalie, um, it feels like uh, Southside's back at home here in the uh, in Northwest, in the 7A West. I thought you guys were out of place down there at the 7A Central uh, making those long trips on a Tuesday or Thursday night.
3: Um,
1: but, but, yeah, you, how pleased are you and other coaches about being back home in the 7A West? Is that something you guys talk about?
4: Yes, sir. You, you couldn't find a coach without a smile on their face when we heard no more three and a half hour road trips on a Tuesday. That was, we got home the other night before 10 PM and thought, wow, this is a wonderful change. (laughs) Um, But you know, that's from when I played and even my first couple of years coaching, you know, like you said, it's six A West is the home. These are schools that, you know, we've always been around and the central is fantastic. I love the coaches down there. Um, The bus rides were the only thing I was really, really happy to see go. But we do like being back up in the West. It, it feels like a homecoming.
0: Well, Natalie, you guys are, are growing, going great. I know you have a big match on Thursday, so we're going to let you get ready to go into uh, practice and get uh, get prepared for that. And uh, you know, you were right. You said it right off the bat, off this, you know, during this interview. This is a slugfest pretty much every night. There's no there are no, there are no nights off in this conference. That's right. That's, and, I, you know, that's what you want as a coach. You want to be prepared for the postseason and, and you know, pretty much every Tuesday night. it's it, You're pretty much playing a playoff match.
4: Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Well, good and deal. preparing like crazy.
0: Yeah. So, Natalie, <laughs> thanks for being on with us. And we'll have you back again for sure as we uh, progress more through the season. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, listen, good luck to you guys tomorrow night.
4: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, gentlemen.
0: That was Natalie Thronberry, the volleyball coach at Fort Smith Southside. Uh, Newcomers into the 6A West back again, uh, Rick, for the next couple of years. Um, hopefully, longer than that, but you never know, you know the way. School populations change, Paul, and and schools moving up, and and you know the state, especially the northwest part of the state, just continuing to grow and that kind of thing. So, but right now we're we're loving it. You know, getting Southside in. I wish north side were in yes. with us, but you know we we can't have a nine-team conference. So you know it, it is what it is, and not not anything anybody wanted to do. No, nope. but but it's what had to you know happen to keep the eight and eight balance. Um, but you know, Paul, it's it how I mean you know for the volleyball coaches in this conference. You know, I know they're excited. It's great to see those kind of matches, but, man, I mean, you better have it strapped on every time you step on that floor.
3: Hey, there. I, what Natalie said is right. I think most coaches are really happy to see Southside back in here just from the, the camaraderie and, and everything they know. But maybe they're not necessarily all that happy yeah. to see them on on the <laughs> <Yeah>. schedule twice. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about that. You know, uh, Rick, Rick, and Chip, we're, we're three old hats who've been doing this a long time. Yep. Where I was joking with Natalie a week or two ago, or we asking about uh, someone else, and I said, "Well, Natalie, how old are you?" And and she said, "Well, you know, she didn't really say right off." And I said, "Well." What it comes down to is, I've been doing this as a sports writer as long as she's been living. Probably so. so. Well, no, that's accurate. That's, that uh, so, so. Now, see,
0: you could say Rick's been doing it longer than her parents were living. That's so, right. See, there you that's go. right. So, there hey, you go. hey,
3: I may be old, but but hey, Rick's got a speed by a couple ancient. of decades. Yes, he's, he's ancient. ancient. He's ancient.
0: So, uh, good volleyball going on. Good football. Now we do have a little bit of a, a speed bump this week. A little, a little bit of a, a bad news for Fort Smith Northside football. They uh, and it, Rick, it wasn't. It wasn't players; it was coaches who okay. uh, who who were who tested positive for COVID and got a couple of coaches who, um, you know, have, have have been battling this. So Northside had to cancel its game. And it's not a forfeit; it's a no-show. Yep. It's a no contest. Uh, it, yeah, no contest. It's a neither a win nor a loss um, with Greenwood this week. That was going to be a good game, um, and they don't know what their status is going to be for next week. So, Harbor, knowing it was going to need a game because they were supposed to play Northside next week, got together with Greenwood and they were able to work it out where Harbor is going to go down to Greenwood to play on Friday. So, good for Greenwood, good for Harbor, not good for Northside. So, I just got off the phone with Mike Fleur before I came in today to host the podcast, the football coach down at Northside. And right now, they are looking for a game for next week, but they're probably, I mean, the odds of finding them a week, uh, a week. which actually is the fourth week of the season. Them finding an opponent, you know, is very slim. So, Rick, it's looking very much like, you hate to even wrap your mind around this, Northside may be going into its conference opener, having only played one game and one scrimmage, and guess who that conference opener is with?
1: Um, I don't know. Bryant. Bryant. Bri- oh, oh With easy Bryant. Easy one. Oh, Brian. Yeah.
0: And so I, I told Coach Flores this joke, and I said, Well, Coach, I know you don't wish anything bad on anybody, and I know I don't, but it wouldn't be bad if Bryant didn't play another game until then either. But, you know,
1: that sets you know, the brakes. My mindset was 7 8 West, but I keep forgetting, yeah, Northside is still exactly. down there. Exactly. I wasn't even thinking Bryant. Exactly. You know what? Um, it's horrible, but we're really not surprised. No, we knew this we're was not. coming on. It's like uh, my softball league, we call up, hey, so and so post uh, postponed. Can you you want to play on Thursday? Yep. Yeah. Let's see. We're not playing. Let's do it. Yep. So. Uh, we can expect maybe some more of this. I think you can, Rick. Safety I, first.
0: I wish I wish we could say it's not. Yep. You know, this is going to be the only instance, but it's not. Yep. Uh, also, found out today, Walnut Ridge, Paul. I know that's, that's close correct. to your home. Walnut hometown. Ridge
3: EPC was, was yes canceled.
0: was canceled this week. So you're going to see it. It's going to happen. And uh, now we're getting into the conference games, and it could be that you may see this happen in conference games as well. Yep. So if Northside does not play another game until the Bryant mm-hmm. game. That means they will have played uh, only about a seven-game, eight-game schedule. That's it mm-hmm. uh, before they would go. You know, provided they could get in the postseason. Uh, who knows even what that's going to look like? Um, and so, anyway, uh, I hate that for the Northside kids. Um, you know, because we've mentioned this over and over: high school kids don't get a do-over. They don't get a mulligan. They don't get an extra year of eligibility added to their you know, through their career, if they don't get to play a game, then they, they've lost it it's forever done. and it's not coming back. So, Rick, every week I say the same thing. And I'm going to keep saying the same thing.
1: I want you to say
0: it. Wear a mask. Don't think about not wearing it. You need to do it. Uh, it's not about you. It's all about, it's, it's about these kids. And if you don't see that, then you're blind. Um, it's, it's about the kids who wear the uniform, whether that be a cheerleader uniform, a band uniform, band. a football uniform, or a coaching uniform, whatever it is that they wear. It's, it's about them. And you need to put your political views aside, your masculinity views aside, uh, cover your ugly face up with the mask. And I'm mm-hmm. mainly talking to Rick here, but I could be talking uh-huh. to anybody, mainly me. Uh, but cover your, cover your face with that mask. And, you know, just for God's sake, do it for these kids because these kids don't get this chance again. And, uh, you know, we're, you need to do that on for whatever whatever you're gathering you're at. Um, you know, do this for them, and, and, uh, and let's not lose sight of what this is all about. Exactly. And uh, so that is it for this week's edition of Prep Rally, the podcast. Now, Rick and I, Rick will be, we'll be uh, uh, having our video show here. Uh, we'll be taping that, the uh, Prep Rally Live on Tape. Rick, that we will have available on Friday afternoon, and we will be previewing the West Termite and Pest Control game of the week, and that will be Farmington this week. They're going to be hosting Springdale. Springdale is coming off. Paul, they absolutely just shellacked Choctaw, Oklahoma last week. Now, Choctaw was supposed to have had this, you know, all these big D1, Power Five yeah. guys. I don't think Springdale read my story about no, that they, at all, Rick. They
3: didn't really care about going they to Reddit. They, they, no. they do in there, they're worried about. They're worried about their side. Now, yeah, let me tell you what Springdale
0: business. did, though, before we sign off. Springdale took their big defensive end, Andre Sparks. They put him at running back against Choctaw. Rick, you know what he did? Over 100, 100 yards, yards. Two touchdowns. He also had played both ways on defense, had a big sack of the Choctaw quarterback, a kid we talked a little bit about last mm-hmm. week, big 6'4 four, four sophomore. So, maybe, I, you know, hey – Coach Zach Clark may have found him a hammer to put back there in that backfield.
1: Hey, do you think Sparks has any idea who William Refrigerator Perry is?
0: I don't think he does. Or old guys like he might uh, know William. where the refrigerator is, but I doubt he knows who the who the Chicago Bears uh, big defensive line guy was. But anyway, Andre Sparks about 6'1", 235. That's before breakfast two thirty five. So he was bringing the hammer last week, and and uh, maybe you know maybe maybe Zach Clark's found him a guy back there that that's gonna you know that that can be that. Be that, that
1: tough yardage. Like Zach,
0: Zach loves to say, maybe he'd be their bell cow. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, good good. Uh, congratulations for Springdale for that big win. Also, a couple of big wins. Bentonville went down to Conway, got a big win down yep. there. Uh, Bentonville West. Uh, rebounded as we knew they would. You know Coach yep. Pratt would have them coached up. You know, he's the, he's a coach who can take a loss, and by gosh, he finds what they need to work on after that loss. Because we talked about this, Rick. Bentonville West ain't scared of nobody. Ain't scared. They ain't scared. So they went over and played Broken Arrow, a very good team, and learned from that. I expect you're going to see the same thing from Fayetteville. Now, Rick, I covered Fayetteville's game Wait a minute! I think they just ran another play because I think that game got delayed for about four days over there. They didn't start. How long n- was that delay? Two, two hours. Two hours. Hour. Two hours Nine o'clock goodness. kickoff. Um, but anyway, wow. they finally got playing. Now, I'm gonna tell you, Rick. You look at the score, 31-17. You're like, well, you know, uh Awaso o- came over here and slapped him upside the head, beat him by a couple touchdowns. That was really not the case. The score is a little bit deceiving. Fayetteville had the ball in scoring position three times yep. in the second half of that game. First time they got down there. Quarterback tried to make a heck of a play. He kept the ball, maybe a third or fourth down. I can't remember which it was. Uh, was diving for the first down, kind of got helicoptered a little bit, lost the ball, trying to make a play. He trying to make a play. So that happened. They had a turnover at the five. So
1: they, they didn't cash in.
0: Didn't cash in. Got the ball again. Their defense came up with a big stop, got the ball again, drove to about the eight, and couldn't get it in on four tries. They tried, you know, couldn't get it in. Props to Owasso defense on that yeah. one. I mean, both times. But again and then late in the game they had they had stopped the on a fourth and 2 about a minute and a half to go. So, you know, you're still down by two touchdowns, but still came up with a big defensive play, got the ball back and uh, got down there to about maybe the 30 and then you know going for the end zone through a pick. So, three times at least inside the, you know, 30, 20, 10-yard line with chances. So, uh Fayetteville and of course this week, you know they get oh North Little goodness. Rock, so it doesn't get any easier. It's Fayetteville, it could be that they're going to be 0-3 when conference play starts. I'll tell you what, let those teams in the 7A West yeah. sit back and think they're going to have Fayetteville. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me tell you something. Uh, you go ahead and do that. Yeah,
1: you go ahead and look yeah. at that young man and say, "Oh, Fayetteville's zero three, boy, this yeah. might be easy." Yeah. No,
0: yeah, you go ahead and do that uh, because I'm going to tell you right now, Fayetteville is going to make noise in the Seven A West. They are. They uh, it'll help them. It will. It helps them, and uh, you just can't. Uh, it's like coaches like to say, Rick, you just can't let go of the rope. You got to keep holding on to it, and uh, and that's and they'll do that over Fayetteville, and they're going to be fine. They're going to be just fine. Now they got to. They got to be. Avoid injuries. That's that's the thing for them is they gotta avoid injuries and get through this and avoid injuries. But they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be they're gonna be just fine. So I'm looking forward to a good seven A West. I hope we don't have any you know cancellations and things yeah. like that, but looking forward to a good a good strong uh push every week in the 7A West by all these teams. Yep. So that's it for this edition of Prep the Podcast. And don't forget our other stuff we've got going on during the week. I'm Chip Sousa, and thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you next time on Prep Rally, the, capital V, and pod, capital podcast. See you next
2: time.